What's good, gays and queens, and welcome to the safe space. Let's go. We're back in this space again, the safe space by Travis Chavez. Me, personally, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) First off, the safe space is for individuals to tell their narratives as is, to be their authentic selves despite opinions from pop culture's rhetoric. So for this second episode, I have today Courtney and Charles. And we're going to talk about body dysmorphic disorder within Black men. Um, I know this is going to be a touchy subject, but one of the things I want to be very mindful of is that because it's so touchy, it doesn't mean that it's not really apparent within our community. We have to dig a little bit deeper and be more transparent with ourselves because a lot of times us as Black men, we don't talk about these things, right? And then we don't really feel comfortable expressing those things because we don't want to feel judgment or feel as if, oh, somebody's going to discredit me. So for this specific reason, episode two, really want to target those specific things and create that space for all of us to be inclusive and also feeling vulnerable enough to be expressive. Boom, boom, bam, bam, bop, boom, pow. So before we hop too deep into things, I want to introduce, I want Charles and Cardi introduce themselves real quick. So. Take the lead, either one of you, whenever you're ready, go. <laughs> uh, what up? Uh, first and foremost, thank you, Travis, for creating this space for us. Um, I am Court um, Courtney Moyer. I love to go by Court. Uh, located here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, and um, I do work in nonprofit education. So I work for a national um organization, Profound Gentleman, as the impact director. I'm also the founder and executive director of Boy Joy. Um, and um, yeah, all of the, and I'm, a, and I'm a father and a best friend as well. So, <laughs> so that's me, yeah. Oh, that's good. That was good. <laughs> um, I'm Charles King. I am, I'm a, a K, I feel like K college, K collegiate educator. Um, I work um, full-time as a a Dean of Students and seventh grade English teacher. Um, So middle school is my love. Um, Somehow I've been roped into also supporting um, male educators of color, um, as well as collegiate students and helping them get uh, students of color, getting them internships and jobs uh, throughout their collegiate careers and post-graduation. And so I really just am in like the full K college landscape uh, and it's interesting to see uh i am i'm a dog dad uh i am a um new plant dad uh my babies are trying to survive (laughs) in my house uh and just a lover of people and all things uh spirituality so thanks for having me travis i am so hype right now because i'm loving this (laughs) excellence okay okay i'm good right now that's all i can say um, so first and foremost, just to touch base on what body dysmorphic dys- body dysmorphic disorder is. Uh, let's let's dig yeah, a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> okay, bet. Stay last. Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Okay, so according to Catherine Phillips, MDD, BDD, so body dysmorphic disorder, body dysmorphic disorder affects 1.7% to 2.9% of the general population, about one in 50 people. What this data is saying that more than 5 million people to nearly 
10 million people in the United States alone have BDD. Now, the question is, which part of that percentage focus on Black men in America? Mm-hmm. What do we do when data is scarce? However, this episode, as you know, is going to focus on those specific things. But let's talk about the symptoms, right? This, here's the symptoms of body dysmorphic disorder. Being extremely preoccupied with a perceived flaw in appearance that that to others can be seen or appears, appears minor. So case in point, hey, I have small ears. How do I even internalize that? Do I have like this deep, dark insecurity about it? I possibly can. But does anybody see that? They possibly don't. Because at the same time, if it's not acknowledged from outside people, how can I really internalize that stuff? But that could be a, something I deal with as a child. I'm literally internalizing this information and being beaten emotionally across the head with like an insecurity or insecurity complex. So that could be an example of that. Um, Strong belief that you have a defect in your appearance that makes you ugly or deformed. That really flares up a little bit, but yeah, I'll give like about two more bullets and let's dive into these questions. Okay. Yeah. So another thing is belief that others take special notice of your appearance in a negative way or mock you. Kids are cruel. <laughs> Let's be honest with it. Kids and family members, the world can be cruel. But we're going to do a lot of healing with that process as well. And lastly, engaging in behaviors aimed at fixing or hiding the perceived flaw that are different to difficult to resist or control, such as frequently checking the mirror, grooming, and skin picking. Ooh, that, that hits deeply because you know us, us you know, Black people, we, we have to do a lot of work to be like, my skin is beautiful. I don't have any flaws. The perceived perception of beauty is, is a flaw in itself. And because of my flaws, I am flawless. Oh. So that's an ongoing thing. I'm big on affirmations. Good. You felt that? that? That's good. Was a wave. I felt that. <laughs> so let's go in these questions. Okay, with that being acknowledged, right? When was the first time you acknowledged the uniqueness of your body? I don't mind starting. So how how safe is this space? This safe is all the way safe. This this space is all the way safe. Okay, so we're going to talk about the things then. Um, Uniqueness of the body. I will say um, when I was... I want to say between eight and 10, I realized that, um, (laughs) I realized that my nipples didn't look like my cousins and my brother, my, I have a litter load of a litter of brothers and also first cousins. All of my first cousins are boys. But, um, so in a sense, like we were all, we always compared ourselves, uh, to one another, you know, but I remember my nipples not looking like theirs. I had more round nipples. Uh, I called them gumdrop, gumdrop nipples. And, uh, they used to always, you know, do the, the titty twitcher, uh, <laughs> twist thing to me, you know? Yeah, I know. And I just used to cry. And I remember when my mother noticed, you know, my, my nipples like sticking out of my shirt a little bit. She was like, what's going on? And I instantly just started crying. And I was like, my cousin's been doing this to me. 
and um and she took me to the doctor my um pediatrician said oh it's just hormones but she said we are having a a trial where I could um undergo surgery and my mother was like he's not getting surgery and I remember crying to her can I please get this surgery can I please get this surgery so that is one of my earliest memories of my body in terms of its uniqueness um yeah that's good thank you so much for sharing talk to me Charles talk to us in the yeah I, I think that uh mine I think mine has been more recent actually it's mm -hmm. maybe within the last two to three years, I would say. Um, my, mainly because I think it's a journey, right? Like I think that mm -hmm. identifying and defining your uniqueness requires you to also, you know, break away from comparison to other bodies um, and, and to see the worth and the value in your own. Mm -hmm. um, I think that for so long of uh, my 28 years, or at least the waking memory of it, uh, like I've always been skinny. I've all, I prefer slim. I've always been slim. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I ate a lot growing up, especially in, you know, middle high school, college. And like, I never added the weight, um, that went along with that eating. Um, so like for the longest, like I was around the same, you know, within the same five point range of, you know, or five pound range, um, and it wasn't until like COVID hit that like my body started to adjust, uh, <laughs> mainly probably because we weren't moving. Um, but it was good now, right? But you know, like it, it's been always that idea of comparison to, uh, you know, what social media defines or society defines as beautiful, especially for like black male bodies. Mm -hmm. This is also, you know, in a time of like where social media is prevalent and fitness and gym fitness and working out and all the strong you know arms and the chest and the chiseled abs and all the things right and I could get there like I could and I'm not right um at least at this current you know moment in time and so um it's really just been an opportunity for me more recently and I think for, for a lot of folks in, uh, in quarantine to really recognize that like there, there is no perfect way of living, you know, and at the end of the day, like we're all experiencing something. Um, and, you know, and, and we don't post our hard days. We don't post, mm -hmm. you know, the times when we're struggling and, and, and confused or um, doubting parts of our uniqueness. Um, we only post what looks good and what could attract other people. And so, uh, but it doesn't mean that we don't have those moments. And so I had to kind of reconcile that within myself um, you know, and say like, you know, I had to be real, like, I don't like the gym, you know, now I can find another, you know, and I have found another way to be active. Um, but like physically going to the gym is mentally stressing for me before I even get there. And so, um, I have to find like other ways that, um, I could support my physical health and well being, um, and still do it in a way that like, it honors me, you know, it honors my journey. I love that. I love that. And I appreciate yeah. you both for sharing that because both of you have a unique experience and a different take on what beauty looks like to you. And you also experience like trauma in some shape or form or process based on whether it's family, society, or just within yourself, you know? So I feel it. And because you shared, I definitely will share as well. Uh, for me personally right now, I'm definitely going through a journey of rediscovering who I am in this body that I'm in. Um, so one of the things I'm primarily looking like looking at right now is like I put on some weight right now. How do I control this? And I'm under so many stressors 
that makes it like, am I attacking myself personally? Am I forgetting myself? What right. does self-care even look like? Hmm. We're in COVID and we're stuck indoors. How do we deal with mentally dealing with all these adult shit that we go through on a regular basis and then try to give everyone in our community what they need from us? And it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. So how do you take care of yourself? Oh, well, at some point, if it's eating that actually copes along with that, if it's smoking, if it's eating edibles, <laughs> if it's literally just drinking yourself to sleep. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're trying to cope so much with our reality that we let ourselves go. And then when we look ourselves in the mirror, we like, oh shit, I don't know who you are. Mm. And that shit hits deep. Yeah. So yeah. with that being said, that's me right now. And I really got the inspiration. It's like, yo, if I'm going through this, why don't we share this experience along with other people, you know? Mm-hmm. So my uniqueness is my own personal body. Because growing up from the Bahamas, it is different. They'd be like, I mean, we don't really focus on bodies like that, but they'd be like, why don't you get your fat gussy looking self from you? <laughs> it's like they make fun of that shit and be like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, my family would make fun at that because I was a chunky kid. I definitely was a chunky kid. And when I lost the weight, I was like getting some eyes and attention. I'm like, I feel awkward. Liking <laughs> yeah. yeah. what you're seeing. Oh, yeah. okay. But that didn't mean anything because I didn't see what they saw. So mm. I bypassed all the compliments, all everything, because I had to hear from all that traumatic experience of family saying that you don't look as good or you're not where you need to be. Oh, you need to work out. Oh, you need to do this, that, and the third. But who in the world taught our family how to take care of our mental health as well as physical health? Talk about it. They don't do that. And they expect yeah, they to put on a thin air? What you mean? <laughs> so that's real. Yeah. Welcome to dealing with shit as an adult. Yeah. No, I think about a few points that you made. Like one, you know, when you you were shit. Thanks for sharing your yeah. story. I think about this idea that like you weren't comfortable with the idea of people telling like, oh, you look good now because they weren't telling you that when you did have weight, right? And so that uncomfortability really isn't on you per se, uh, but it's on the idea that they didn't invest internally in you. Yeah. It was what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And so the external com- or the compliments about the external physique or appearance didn't mean much, didn't matter much because they weren't speaking to who you were as an individual. And I think that's, I think that's I think that's that's deep for a lot of us and relatable for a lot of us, right? Like we oftentimes we compliment folks in society based off of what we see mm-hmm. and not based off of like who they are, you know? Mm-hmm. And 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 so unfortunately, um your physical appearance takes a lot more uh precedence than you know your your internal uh your internal being, your internal heart. I guess your heart is internal. <laughs> but yeah. All of that, all of that. So I, I got a question. I, I like what both of you all said. And um, um, my question to you based off, you know, like them not, you said them not investing in the old version of you prior to this new version of you. My question is, is it their job to invest or is it our job to do the investment? Oh, that's a great question. Um, it's a little bit of both to me, to be honest with you, 
uh, because also community is very important and community sees something in you and gives you that affirmation, right? But mm -hmm. also how do I take care of myself and give me the affirmation that I need? Um, I'll give you uh, <laughs> another experience. So I was talking to this person, right? And I was definitely not accepting of my body during that time. I was working out, I was doing everything, all this nine, all this hard work. And I'm like, okay. Uh. And this person looked really good and attractive. And I was like, oh, so you want me, but why? And then we did an exercise. He was like, yo, I need you to do this exercise very quick. I was like, what exercise? What am I doing? I'm nervous. <laughs> what am I about to get myself into? So the exercise consists of me just dropping everything, every piece of clothing one by one. And the exercise mm. was like, I need you to tell me what you love about yourself. Mm. Do you see, what do you love? I was like, okay, this is uncomfortable for me, right? Yeah, yeah. You with that. Okay, I, I love the fact that I have broad shoulders. I, I, I'm built like a football player. I love that about myself. And I went down and down to basically, to basically nothing. And I was like, oh shit, why am I so uncomfortable? <laughs> this is incredibly different for me. So the act of really investing and internalizing what I love about myself begins with reading, giving myself affirmations, and also allow myself to just be at ease. But the community also sees the work that I'm putting in, and they offer me that sense of that nurturing feeling of guidance. And yeah, you got this. Keep going. And yeah. It's a balance, right? So I think that's answer your question, yeah. That's good. Imagine like how many times we we look in the mirror, right? Mm -hmm. At least 365 times if you have a mirror in your bathroom. At right. least <laughs> right. a year. Right. And how many times we like we miss actually seeing ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like we're in the mm -hmm. routine of washing face, brushing teeth, doing the hair thing. And then we're like, we're gone, right? But we don't actually take the opportunity to look and observe and examine and appreciate. And be aware. And be aware and say thank you to mm -hmm. our to our, our physical just for mm -hmm. being there and for showing up and for being the, the outward representation of who you are internally. Um, so I thought about that in your story. And I think that I think that it's a mix of both too. I think that mm -hmm. when you're growing up, people have to pour into you and teach you um, and, and, and be the example of this is what it looks like to talk positively about yourself. Mm -hmm. Let's practice, right? Like I am somebody, I am beautiful, I am, right? All those things. And eventually, I think if, if people pour into you in that way while you're growing, it becomes second, second nature to you when you're of age to do it for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's really important. I always tell my kids that we always start my class with an affirmation. Um, and I say that we start class that way because throughout every day, people are talking at you and it's very few or very rare moments or opportunities where we actually get the moment or the opportunity to talk to ourselves mm -hmm. and to speak positively to ourselves. And so like, we're going to start every class for at least 30 seconds, just talking to ourselves, calling out what we see, what we, you know, what we appreciate, what we acknowledge about ourselves. Um, and then we'll leave the rest of the day to do what it, to, you know, to do what it will. Um, so I think those two things are important. Like it does require some investment in, from others, but eventually we get to a point once we're taught um, where we can do that, that work for ourselves. I love that. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is why he has his hands in so many spaces, <laughs> building and fostering. Um, uh, <laughs> but no, like I, I, I agree. I do think that it's um, um, that level of 
appreciation, investment, and relationship must be reciprocal, must be balanced, as you said, Travis. But it's imperative that it starts from within. Like you have to have a sound. Like we we are able to disconnect from people, and we uh, or or choose to connect or disconnect from people, but we cannot disconnect connect from this body we cannot disconnect from who we are ourselves within so that relationship must be sound and solid from within and then from there it will add it will serve as the foundation for every relationship uh with a person place or thing that you have moving forward so with that that's why like when you said looking in the mirror like that's so real like if i i mean think of it like like this if god was to take we talk about God in this house. Ah. This ain't even my house, but we, we talk about God. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't mine either. <laughs> but if God was to, and looking in the mirror, I literally um, um, had a moment like this earlier uh, uh, last week. Um, if God was to take away everything that I love about myself, will I still love myself? Ooh. You know, mm. will I still love myself? If He was to strip me naked for everything. Will I still love me? And I think we need to have a a, a, a a very vulnerable moment with ourselves and answer that question before we think about, you know, like uh, the the importance of how other people perceive us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That. Our, our go to our go to is to go and to scroll like when we wake up. Our go-to is to go to Twitter, Instagram and scroll <laughs> and start to acknowledge other people, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wish our go-to would be flipped and we go and take a moment just to go and acknowledge ourselves first. Have you done that personally? Uh, I just found some post-it notes that I wrote at the okay. beginning of quarantine that reminded me to do that. I haven't done it in a while, uh, but more like maybe within the last week, it was my reminder like, my phone is not my react like my phone. My phone should not be, and, and and the interactions that are that comes with it should not be my first thought in the morning. Mm-hmm. My first thought should be you know higher yeah. spiritual, and then it should be me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I and, I and like like you said, like that's how we begin to form the connections and relationships that we have with other people is based off of the connection and relationships that we have with ourselves first, mm-hmm. right? And so if 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 I am not showing up for myself fully, then how can I, you know, how in the hell can I show up for somebody else fully? To me, it almost sounds like I'm being inauthentic mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, or, you know, not honest with how I show for others because I'm putting on and praising them, but can't do that same work for myself. Mm-hmm. That's not happen often though, especially doing the work that you both are doing we give so much to community. We give so much to other people. So when do you find a time to check up or check within yourself? Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's hard. Talk, let's talk about it. You both are doing like community-driven work, but those rough moments that nobody mm-hmm. else sees. How do you deal with that? How do you check in? When do you <laughs> check in? Currently, I check in through meditation, uh, mindfulness and meditation. Um, I am trying to get to a place to where I'm doing it every single day um, because I shouldn't only 
do it when I'm experiencing adversity, when I need to, you know, be like, oh, okay, <laughs> the life is life in right now. Let me, let me uh, have a moment and check in with self. I'm, I'm trying to get to a place to where I'm doing that naturally and, and eager to, you know, fall into that meditative space. Um, um, because in those moments, that's when I'm able to relax my mind. And that's when I'm able to, uh, to allow my mind to connect with my breath and my breath, teach me more about my body, teach me more about my behaviors and my, and my general well-being. So, um, that is currently, um, um, how I check in with myself. Um, I also have, um, a, a bunch of tools that I use, you know, within um, my my toolkit. But um, the one that rings, that stands out to me in this moment is that meditative state. Mm -hmm. yeah. well, what about you, Josh? And, Come on now. and I got a Build-A-Bear. I have a Build-A-Bear, yeah. I have a Build-A-Bear. He's my heart doula. Um, um, so I never he, knew that. Yeah, his name is Do. Oh, I... I, I Come on, let's go. Show me. I want to experience this, okay? I'm excited. Okay. I'm excited for the doula, he said. Yeah, doula. This definitely one of his tools. Yes. So this is doula. That is so cute. Yeah. You know, I, I dress him up a little swaggy. Got the ankle. Hey. Got a nose piercing like me. You know? Got the nose piercing. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is my guy. When I squeeze him, he has a heartbeat. He has some healing crystals inside of him, you know. Um, but yeah, he's my emotional support stuffed animal. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's another tool that I have, you know. Um, my friends are my tools as well to 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 remind me to check in with myself. But um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be quiet now and let you yeah tap in. I, I think that for me, like ideally. Um, I would love to sit down and start my days and start my mornings with uh, meditation and yoga. Um, and um, in reality, my days are long. Um, and just the idea of getting up one hour earlier than what I already do hurts <laughs> just to think about it. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't. <laughs> um, instead, I, I really do try to find um, my wellness and well being throughout the day. Um, I am. Um, constantly just kind of like in spaces where either I create those spaces or I, you know, make sure that I'm somewhat connected to spaces that are filling. Um, and so whether it's like you said, friendships, whether it's listening to um, podcasts or, or previous sermons that happen throughout the week um, or previous weeks on a podcast, um, quotes, books, like just finding opportunities where kind of God speaks and it forces me to kind of like sit, recognize, sit in it and recognize and just be still for a moment. Um, and those moments are quick, I would say, like, um, but it's enough for me to recognize that, like, this is a moment for you. Like, I could be teaching. Yeah. Literally last week, like I was teaching <laughs> um, and we were talking about COVID. But, I, you know, in a moment, um, well, I'll say this, we were talking about COVID and returning back from holiday or winter break. Um, a lot of our students were, were dropping like flies and testing positive for COVID. Um, and we are still in physical brick and mortar um, at the school building. And so I just had a moment I felt that was like, yo, like, um, one, I was listening to Gyro that morning on the way to work um, by Elevation Worship. 
Um, and, and a part of it is saying like, if he dresses the lilies with beauty and splendor, then how much more does he love you? If he feeds the birds and the sparrows, and how much more will he feed you and, and invest in you and love you, right? And so, yes, COVID feels heavy. And, um, you know, it also reminds me of what he said in Psalms 91, like, you know, 1,000 will fall on, you know, your left and 10,000 on your right, but that disease that prowls through the night won't touch you. <laughs> right and so it's like in, in those moments like when i feel that i have to speak that no matter who's around or who's in the room um it can be a random quote or a random scripture i just think of or a random just whatever that just comes to me and i'll send it in our group chat um because if it blessed me not sure it can bless somebody else too so i have to be more intentional of stopping in the moment and being still throughout the day even though shit's crazy right all day long from start to finish. Like I have to be, I think that's kind of where I find moments to invest um, in myself mostly. Um, and more recently I've found that outside of the work day, um, I needed to find a hobby. Like I needed to find myself and, and figure out like who is Charles beyond um, all the things that made him professional. Like who is Charles beyond Mr. King, right? Um, and I struggled with that for probably majority of my life, maybe until the last two and a half or so years. I've been truly been able to separate the two mm -hmm. um, and find like who I was as an individual versus who I was as a professional. Um, and so um, in that journey, like I, I recently picked up tennis um, the last year and a half, maybe two years now, almost two years, um, just as a release. And I didn't realize like I, I it was something I was interested in, never done before. Um, but as it's evolved with the people I play with, it's become also like an opportunity for therapy and, and just getting out ideas and feelings and sharing where I am in life and, and how it's going and, and, and vice versa for the other players that play with me. And so um, it, it's finding and creating opportunities and spaces, um, much like meditation and yoga, to be still, um, to be quiet for a while um, and just to allow what's happening around you to speak to you, to, to allow your brain to actually, you know, just do what it does uh, without a feeling of pressure or um, expectation um, or productivity. Um, just an opportunity just to, just to be. I love that. I'm over here smiling because what I hear is you, you check in with self and spaces where spirit is present. Mm, that's good. That's, that's what I'm hearing. That's good. Me. Yeah, spirit got to be there. If you're not, I don't want to be there. <laughs> uh -uh. Shut up. Shut up. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. If he's not there, that's not where I'm supposed to be. Okay. Like, no. That's okay. good. I think with time, I'll give you guys like about two, two or three more questions, then I'll let you guys enjoy the rest of your Sunday, okay? Sounds good. So, my next question for you, both of you, what is the male body supposed to look like? Like this. And it's like that. <laughs> and, and this. And those. And, yeah, yeah. With that being said, we're saying that each of us can look the way how we look, but that's not how the world wants everyone to be received. So with the kids that you work with, with the community that you work with, how do you talk to them about this? How do you address BDD and be like, it's okay to feel the way you are, but know that you are accepted in this space. How do you affirm them? How do you address it? Let's talk about it. Mm. I like that. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about <laughs> it. I, I'll say for me, like, I think I work with kids more directly 
Um, and I would say that I have to flip it on its head, right? Because in BDD, I'm, I'm not going to address you and talk about the disorder itself. I'm going to talk to you about your heart. I'm going to talk to you about the internal piece, right? And what are you saying about your body? Because that's what that's what you know what matters. What you say about your body is what you believe is your truth, right? Mm, wow. And so, wow. You got to change the narrative. Like, what are you saying out of your mouth, and what are you thinking about yourself, and let that be your truth, right? If I say that I'm ugly, then I'm going to believe I'm ugly. I'm going to operate in that way. Mm, yeah. If I say that my smile is the best smile on earth and nobody can top it, I'm going to act in that way and I'm going to move in that way day to day. And so I have to, I have to reframe and reshape narratives. Um, and that starts with internal, right? So my whole first unit this year for the first time, and I think it was the best year that I've ever taught anything was just on identity. Giving students the opportunity to ask themselves, who am I? Mm-hmm. beyond brother beyond student beyond athlete like what are the things that i don't get to say out loud to other people Ooh. what are the things that people what are, what are the, the titles or the roles that that i can place on myself that other people can't because they don't know that part yet right and i think it's from that point that we can do all the work that we want to and so it's less about talking about the physical of you know um you know your body i, I think it's important right your body is beautiful right but it's more so about the the mental like what am i thinking and saying about about my physicalness do you um before you get before courtney card you you answer that question um how do you operate oh this is going to get a little deep a little heavy right just give you a disclaimer how do you operate with being the person that you are because also be mindful that everybody's different right Um, what do you say to a person who, I'm not going to say any names, who's basically the total opposite of you, right? They, they, they fight each day to give themselves one piece of affirmation. They don't love themselves. And they're also trying to figure out like ways in which they could just make it to the next day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know a person personally that, that goes through that. And to be honest with you, they, they kind of fight every day battling with depression Mm-hmm. And they're also probably 250 or 300 pounds. So that that's great and powerful, but also be mindful that you might be received better on the opposite side of the spectrum, but they aren't. So mm-hmm. how do you deal with that? Mm-hmm. You create space. I, I, I believe that when you do something long enough, it becomes a routine and then it becomes a habit eventually. Right. And so normally what happens in my seventh grade or my classrooms is that I'll give them a, an affirmation that we'll say, and they're literally just reading from the board months one through three. And I always tell them, it's like, watch by October, November, like you're going to memorize this. And by like December, January, February, you're going to be like screaming it and I won't need to put the PowerPoint up. Right. And so it very well just may be that you're only saying these things because you're being forced to right now, right? But over um, time, mm-hmm. it eventually it starts to stick and you start to, oh, I am somebody. I was somebody when I came and I will be a better somebody when I leave. Mm-hmm. I am powerful, I am strong. I deserve the education. Like, and you start to believe that about yourself and it's not because I'm being forced to read it and re- or repeat after Mr. King, it's because I actually do believe these things about me. And then even those times, like this happened, I think Friday, 
when I forgot to start class that way, my kids said, ah, Mr. King, you just say I am somebody. <laughs> Excuse me, will y'all go ahead and lead it, right? Like, and so it becomes a part of their, a, a part of their habit um, when at first it was forced on them, right? But eventually it became like, this is what we do. This is also who I am. Yeah. Um, and, and this is how I must start in this space in order for me um, to move forward. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I love that. All right, uh, Corey, talk to me. What's up? And also, thank know. you. What's the question? I, I, I don't remember what's the question. You see, I'm over here rocking. Like, <laughs> like, so, so, I don't know. No, okay. uh, Amen. I think let's let's move into a different section, right? Um, because one of the things I received from each other is a lot of affirmations and really debunking a lot of that negative stereotype and stigmas projected onto our community, especially the kids. So that's very important. Um, but I also want to also figure out, like, how do you deal with your community as adults? Um, say, for instance, if I don't know what your friend group looks like for both of you, because I'm not there physically, um, but based on yeah. your personality, you're trying to manifest something. Hold on. Let me <laughs> look up, Jesus. Notice I ain't say nothing, right? <laughs> I ain't say nothing. You're trying to get me to <laughs> your area. But I would love it because I think that community would be dope. But nonetheless, I think it's it's very unique dynamic, especially there is so you know what? I'm gonna throw that question away and give you guys a new one. Cause I'm gonna get philosophical and we don't got all day. <laughs> Cause I could talk. Um so let me see. Let, we talked to a car, we talked about uh, the nipple situation, whereas you don't, you didn't feel as a child like they were the perfect nipples, basically, correct? <laughs> what? Stop me! What? Am I, yeah. am I incorrect or am I not correct? Nah, my nipples not perfect. <laughs> and that's okay. They perfectly imperfect, right? Okay. Come on. So, with that being said, if the world wasn't looking and you are by yourself, how would you treat your body? Hmm. The world. So I I used to uh, call myself socially awkward, but now I'm socially unique. Um, I, I believe that I am socially unique. So when the world isn't looking, and sometimes when the world is looking, I would break out into interpretive dance. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so, yes. I literally did it last night. <laughs> and shout out to my friends and um, the extension of um, my friends extension um, friends, if that makes any sense. But you know what I was trying to say. Right? Yeah. But anyways, um, shout out to that space I was in last night because some just watched and some was cheering me on, you know, and, and I would literally that's how I embrace my body when when the world isn't looking. Um, I've stood in front of the mirror completely naked and every negative thought that I've had about my body, I've countered that with a positive thought, you know, with a was a with a positive affirmation about my body. And um, um, who is it? Is it LMA when she was singing, love, looking for somebody to love me naked? 
Yes, yeah, that was like do and that it goes back to you know like the mirror, you know, like do would I truly love myself naked and and uh shout out to our friend Mario who said we have to learn to love the bodies that got us through COVID. Cool. You know, I have to learn to to love the body who doesn't isn't the most chisel has fell off, you know, slapped a little bit, you know. My son, my 9-year-old son called me baby daddy because he said the baby looked hungry. You know, <laughs> but but I still have the disrespect. Right. I, that's his mother. <laughs> that ain't nobody but his mother. <laughs> but you know, those type of things and I'm going to take it even a step further and again, this is a uh, a safe space and a vulnerable topic. I have to love the body that is carrying the backpack of someone who is living uh, with HIV. So it's like, how do I still love myself and my body in that moment, especially in a world where, you know, you have people testing positive for COVID, but what does that, it's triggering for someone like me, uh, where they say I tested positive, you know, and it's just like that, that, that word, that phrase, that, that, that reality is very triggering, but I still have to choose to love my body and all of that. So, so when the world isn't looking, that's when I'm working intentionally to build a stronger relationship with myself, with my body, so that when I step out into this world, when I reveal myself to this world, and I want to be very transparent, this is the first time that I've talked about my backpack, my, I call it a backpack because of Erica Badu, bag lady, you know, so that's, that's, that's why I call it. Um, but outside of my, my friend group, this is the first time that I've, I've that I've ever spoken about this in a, in a public space, you know, so, um, and being, you know, a leader of, of, of an organization that creates and fosters healing spaces for boys of color, I need to be able to model that even when it feels uncomfortable. So right now in this moment, I am leaning into that discomfort. And this is and this is why it's so critical that, you know, like we um, we show ourselves that same type of grace and compassion, starting with self so that when we step out into this world, we have the armor, we are, uh, um, we are, um, um, uh, protected by our vulnerability and not <laughs> yeah all of that we are protected that's, by our vulnerability that's good that so with that that's how I choose to that's to love true. myself when the world doesn't see me and when they choose to see me I'm a dance regardless yes. <laughs> I'm a big girl I'm, I'm a big girl, I'm a big girl. <laughs> that's good why does giving me woman thou heart loose moments <laughs> Come on. Come on, TD. Yeah. I just want to say thank you so much for sharing and being open because it takes a lot of strength and courage to be in that space mentally, physically, and emotionally to be that transparent. Mm. I, and I see you. I honestly, I see you and I respect you and I got so much love for you. All right. Thank you. I received that. I wish I could hug both of you right now, but. Uh -oh. <laughs> Under the camera. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh man. Okay. I don't. I don't know if you could beat that, Charles. But come on, give me some sauce. Give me some heat. Some heat. What's up? Give me a question again. Run a question back. All right, bet. So, 
Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see right quick. If the world wasn't looking and you are by yourself, how would you treat your body? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think I think that my answer goes back to just what I mentioned earlier. Like, you know, what do I, what, or maybe how often is the question? How often do I actually recognize it? Um, how often do I actually look in the mirror and see what's looking back at me? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that most most of us look in the mirror and we just bypass, like we know what we look like. And so we don't need to focus in, right? Um, but I think there's value in just taking stock of this is what you look like on January 16th, 2022. All right, look at that hair. Look at the beard coming in. Okay, it's not. It's almost connecting. We get in there, right? Like, <laughs> look at it. Um, um, look at the skin, right? And the pants. Skin can be glowing. Skin can be like we're working on it this week. Like, okay. Oh yeah. Oh, see now they now they now curology owe you. Okay, you said it twice in here. Curology. That's three. They owe you a check, Travis. Okay. Um, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, but, but truly, you know, I think that I have to just be more, um, I think I celebrate in, you know, in private when I have those moments where I remember to just see and acknowledge and be aware of like how I look today. And, 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 and I think that the celebration is in when what I see matches how I feel. Mm. I think that's the celebration, mm. right? Wow. What I see matches what I say about what I'm seeing. Mm. Um, every day is not perfect, right? You um, Keep going. Most days aren't perfect, right? But our body isn't meant to be perfect as well. Um, and so I think that's important to keep in mind. Thank you, Lord. That was good. Um, <laughs> that was good. Um, you know, we're, we're not meant to be perfect people. And so we have to, we have to be grateful um, and aware of like the vessel that we were given, you know, to, to hold for the time that we're here um, and to thank it. Like, I love that, that, you know, like we got to thank our bodies for getting us through 100% of the hard days that we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to thank our bodies for sure. getting us through like those, those hard moments, right? Uh, where we thought we couldn't make it physically or emotionally, like our heart was beating still, like mm-hmm. it still showed up. Um, and it still got us through and it still put us to sleep at night and woke us up the next day and said, all right, you can do, you can do it again. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that, 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 that's just not happenstance. That is the body function. And we have to be aware of that and, and thankful for that and, and recognize it because it truly is a gift. Um, you yeah. have me rocking back and forth. Like, yes, Pastor, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But have a wave. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I gotta take a stretch a little bit, but I get a little I, I'm a little antsy, y'all. I'm not gonna lie. If you gotta go run, run. We'll be right here waiting for you. <laughs> don't stop. I get I, I kick in the wall. Don't do it. 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 Okay, let him use you. This last question, Jesus. Let's let me try to get it out. Okay. All right. So the, for this last question. This one goes in depth into our personal childhood, right? 
this, this question, I need you to dig in deep. Remember that child, you have an inner version of yourself that's that kid. That kid that is not really addressed normally as, as grown as black men, all right? So let's talk about it. How has any, has anyone taught you how to love your body? One, mm-hmm. and if so, how did your journey of self-love begin? Mm. Mm. how to love your body and if so how does that journey of how did that journey begin how does that journey begin Uh, remember the child child. for me no um as a child no one taught me how to love my body um to be quite honest i feel like we were chastised or you know um 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 ridiculed if our body didn't fit the norm um if you know <laughs> I, I i it could go as it could go we could talk about something as you know like surface as you know like i've heard you know i look like a girl but the correct terms is you know i have an androgynous face uh, and and then let's think about you know like my my voice isn't as deep you know and on top of that I have the name Courtney so it's like there's a, a lot of layers of, of of the kids are so mean but there's a lot of layers of you know like uh, you pointing out everything that is not right with my body and um if my mother ever hear this like i love you but this is our truth mommy so i had to tell her during the the holiday break i was like okay for the past week you've been talking about you've been pointing out everything that's wrong with my body i understand that i am not my body does not look the way it once did but can you please stop targeting all of my flaws you know like i told you i was depressed i told you i was this i told you i was that but can you please stop you know but um but um in that moment how i'm trying to digress and get back to the initial question you 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 told us to go deep and i already struggle with the economy of language so this is your fault um (laughs) um uh, I honestly, bro, I don't think that I, I don't think that I started to have the conversation, um, uh, how to love my body for real, for real, until I entered spaces like PG, Profound Gentleman, um, uh, um, National Mel of Educator organization who, um, who creates safe spaces for um, uh, for male educators of color through you know love through love and authenticity and unity, unity mm-hmm. growth mindset mm-hmm. hope you come on mission let's go mission let's go <laughs> <laughs> um, and and we have taboo conversations like this where we talk about what does it mean to, for a man of color to be vulnerable uh, vulnerable excuse me to be authentic what does it mean to say you, you know what Travis I love you you know what Charles I love you as well you know so you know like we talk about these things but it wasn't until I entered this space where they um they saw me as courageous court but i saw me as 
Courtney. I just saw I just saw Courtney. I and I felt uncomfortable when they would pour into me and and I couldn't see those things for myself. I couldn't believe I, I didn't see the God and the uniqueness within me. You know, I couldn't feel that, you know, and that and, and that shit broke my heart to be to be quite honest. But it wasn't. Uh, so I say now I am 28 years old. It wasn't until I was about 24. I thought the dog was down there. <laughs> yeah, like I felt something on my leg. Um, um, that's Holy Spirit activating. Because <laughs> I'm holding it in over here. Okay, Charles. Shut up. But my chair. I'm rocking. <laughs> It's the energy for me. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> oh, goodness. But yeah, no, for real, it wasn't until I'm 28 and it wasn't until I got like 24 where I entered into the space where I started to um, to think, damn, it might be something additional to me. You know, I, I'm, I might be a lot more than what I present myself to the world as, you know? And it wasn't until 27 where I started to tap into that shit, you know? So that's three years. You talked you talked about how do you do that for your students, right? And that consistency. Mm -hmm. Your students learn to to repeat this affirmation in a matter of months. Mm -hmm. My dude, it took me three years mm -hmm. to be able to be like, yo, Yo, I am that dude, you know? Mm -hmm. I do have more to offer, you know? Mm -hmm. I do love myself, you know? So, I'm lost. And it, but it goes back to the point you made earlier around Ike. So the job when he first joined PG was for him to support other male edu educators of color mm -hmm. in that work. Mm -hmm. But you can't form those relationships truly, authentically, and fully until you do that with yourself first. You said that Absolutely. earlier. Absolutely. Absolutely. You said it with yourself earlier. Absolutely. I'm over here rocking because you were said that you were, uh, um, um, dang, I had it over here. Um, scripture says he was bruised for our transgressions. Chastised, that's what the word you use, for our iniquities. And I'm just over here rocking. Like Jesus also, you know, like, like the world welled on his body. <laughs> because it didn't appreciate and see him as, or rather for who he was, right? Um, I think that when I, when I think of the, uh, did someone teach me? No. Um, I think if anything, um, I apologize to interrupt, but even this morning, we were watching Elevation Church this morning. Mm -hmm. And um, when God said to Peter, don't chat, um, uh, don't call anything that I've made Mm, impure, uh, impure, anything I, uh, that I've made impure, anything that I created impure, you know. So that that's that just um, hit me when you were talking about find that, that in that at chapter ten <laughs> verses one through twenty. Get into it. Um, I only know that verse because he said it this morning. <laughs> but I, I just think about like no, no one told me, and, and then I go back to my earlier statement of it's a journey. I think that unfortunately, and like most of us. We can't teach families, adults, parents, grandparents can't teach self-love because they don't have self-love for themselves, mm. right? Um, no way that you can teach something without studying it and making it re relatable 
and relevant to your own story and your own journey. If you haven't done that work, then there's no way that you can just come up with it out of nowhere and pour and invest in it fully into you know, a younger offspring. Um, so no, and so the route that we end up taking is that we start to self-hate <laughs> and go through the journey of what does it mean to hate different parts of my body and hate different parts of my story. Um, you know, and that's where most of us stay, unfortunately, until um, we find community, until we find therapy, until we find uh, spiritual guidance. Until we find the gift of imperfection. Until we find that nobody's perfect. And that my profession is what makes me unique and makes mm. me me and makes me qualified and worthy, mm. right? And, but, but many of us don't re reach that point. And so many of us can't pass it on to the next generation that's, that's growing up in our households. Um, yeah, I'll stop there. Okay, I received that. I love that. And you both did an immaculate great job. Um, so before we leave and wrap up, I just want to give you some affirmations very quick. No. Yep, be, be, be ready for the love, okay? You are strong, you are powerful, you are beautiful. You could also be handsome as well, because gender is also a fluid. And also, you are definitely enough. And that's it for episode two of The Safe Space. And just like that, bodies on bodies, let's go. Gang, let's go. Gang, let's go. Safe space. <laughs>